Welcome to Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. <laughs> Bienvenidos empacadores sin fronteras, dos papás dedicados al amor, la risa y los empacadores de Green Bay. Packers Without Borders, the greatest podcast on the planet. Two dads talking love, life, dedicated to the Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Verde y amarillo hasta la muerte. Italian. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Matt. Let's do this thing, buddy. Okay. Welcome to Packers Without Borders. I am your co-host up here in Lake of the Woods, Ontario, Canada. I am joined, as always, by my good buddy down in El Paso, Texas, Bruce Edmonds. How you doing today, Bruce? Fantastic, man. Really excited. These next two weeks are going to be a whirlwind and excited about today's guest. Absolutely. We are joined by the one and only, the man, the myth, the legend, Papa G. Vitalia. How you doing, Papa G? I'm doing well, Matt. I hope you are also. And Bruce, good to hear you too. Yes, sir. Thank you for joining us today. It's my Absolutely. pleasure. So give us a little bit of history into your uh, 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 football uh, playing days. Apparently, uh, you used to drive a taxi for the Browns? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Modell had a taxi service. And so when he wanted to, like, keep players on the roster, he used to throw them on what was called the taxi squad. And that way, if anybody got injured during a game, he could pull them up from the taxi squad. But they had a job in the meantime because they couldn't be paid by the team. So he put yeah. them on this taxi service, and they would drive taxis until they got called up into the NFL. Very interesting. And so that team, that was the Cleveland Browns? Cleveland Browns, yes. They were the first one with the taxi squad. And then now it's called the practice squad. And you got like a whole other team on that roster. And what position did you play? I was a tight end and defensive end. Tight end that and defensive end. Back in the day when we went both ways. That's, yeah. I, I heard a lot of Browns players go both ways. So Funny when you. Guy. <laughs> the looks aren't everything so uh you didn't get to uh play but uh you, you got to hang around the uh, browns organization and then uh you ended up uh, tell us the funny story how you caught a football and met dave robinson yeah well it was near the end of the first half and like i said the we sat behind the goal posts and there was no nets and so you always heard about baseballs footballs catching them maybe keeping them right well yeah this guy shanked one a little bit to the left and that's where i was sitting and i ended up catching this ball and i just remember a bunch of paws trying to reach in and grab it but i had that thing i wasn't going to let go of it <laughs> and so my dad you know deflated the ball and we took it in and we got it signed by the packers after the game and that was the conference championship in 67. Well, it was in the 67 before they went to the second Super Bowl. Yes. And how is it that you were able to get into this locker room to get this ball signed, Papa G? My dad knew Lombardi 
And they had plans to meet after the game anyway. So when I caught that ball, I just got it in a little early. You know, and I got around to see the players. I saw like Jim Taylor, Willie Wood. Uh, God, I'm trying to think. Ray Nitschke I saw. Um, Max Speedy. Um, Mac, Max McGee, I mean. I said Speedy. Uh, of course, Dave was there, and he, he actually remembers mussing my hair. You know, like taking his hand and rubbing it over the top of my head and he signed my ball. And so it was like a second love. The Browns were my first, but the Packers are definitely my second favorite team. And tell us a little bit about your relationship. So from a mussing of the hair, how did you become such a good friend and how did you connect with Dave and, and kind of t give us your little road to how you met Mr. Dave Robinson? Well, Dave, when I first met him was 1967. And so 16 years later in 1983 is when I really met him because he had the distributorship that was called Mars Distributing, and that was M-A-R-S, and that was Monas, Antonucci, Robinson, and Shaboni. They were the four owners of this distributorship, and they were the first to bring cores east of the Mississippi. And if you remember the Smokey and the Bandit days, that's when they were bootlegging it, and they could have gone to jail for bringing it east of the Mississippi. But Dave was the first to do it legally. And so I met him in 1983 through that. Wow. So he's been the first to do an awful lot of stuff legally. Well, he started off in 1963 when he came out of Penn State. He was the first black linebacker chosen in the first round. Because back in that time, blacks were thought not to be able to handle the quarterback or linebacking positions because those were the real thinking positions. And that's just, you know, the game has come a lot further than that. But Dave was the first. He was the first starting black linebacker in NFL history. Now, Willie Lanier from Kansas City gets credit for being the first starting middle linebacker. He was like four years after Dave, but Dave was actually the very first black man to get drafted as a linebacker, not necessarily inside, outside, or middle. He was absolutely a trailblazer for the sport, and that's, that's why we're having you on, Papa G, and we want to have Dave on, I think, um, a lot of Packer fans, especially the Packer fans that listen to us, really deep dive into history with this and just his story and what he has done for the game and how he has paved the, the way for guys like Lavondre Campbell, who is just lighting it up for us this year, um, is amazing. You know, it had been about 15 years since we had a, a legit linebacker, I would say, since, or I mean, we had Clay, we had Clay Matthews, and since really Clay, we've got Lavondre Campbell. But I, I just, I love the fact when, when we touched base, Papa G, and you started telling me about him, not only on a professional level, but beyond everything, you know, with the Hall of Fame speech. You want to tell a little bit about how the Hall of Fame thing went with you and him and, and that entire story about the Hall of Fame? Well, like I said, I re-met him after I stopped trying to play for the Browns. And I stopped playing, you know, trying to play when I got on the last taxi squad was 1982. And... Brian Sipe had just left and Paul McDonald was coming in. And I said, this is not going to be a good place for me to be. And Ozzie Newsom got drafted in 78. And I was teaching him how to block because he was a wide receiver. And of course, wide receivers can't block. 
And so I was teaching him how to block because he had to pick up defensive ends at that point when he became a tight end. And believe it or not, there's a story I got to jump back a little bit. But when he came out of college, when Ozzie Newsom came out of college in 1978, Bear Bryant called him the best college football player he had ever coached. Now, he had Joe Namath, Bart Starr, and guys like that. But he said Ozzie Newsom was the best college football player he ever coached. And so I said, what does a slower Italian boy have to do with this guy coming in? I'm never going to play in this league, you know? <laughs> it, was just a different, it was just a different animal. So when, when I met Dave in 1983, I looked at his history because I knew about it a little bit from being a kid and, and a fan of his. He wasn't in the Hall of Fame and he wasn't on the ballot anymore. And so I was pushing through some contacts that I had in the sport to try to get him recognized as an old timer. And that went on for 30 years. Wow. Until 2013, I'm sitting there asking, because I knew him and Curly Culp from the Chiefs. I was waiting to hear what they were going to do because they usually only chose one old timer into the Hall of Fame. And Dave was the one or two on the board. So I'm like, Dave's got a 50% chance here. This is going to be a good shot for this. This is the first time this has happened. And so I'm sitting there waiting, and I get a text from my friend who was one of the voters. He says, they both got in. Curly and Dave both made it in as old timers. And I was like, oh, my God. So I called Dave, and of course, tell him, he goes, I haven't heard it yet. I said, Dave, you're hearing it from me. I said, you don't think I'm going to lie to you, do you? And he goes, of course not. I said, well, trust me, you both got in. I said, I know it's not normal, but you both got in. And of course, it ended up, you know, panning out, and he went to the Hall of Fame. So, Papa G, that's crazy. So you were the one that actually initially you were the first person kind of that phone call that these guys get to let them know that they were in the Hall of Fame. You were the one who let Dave Robinson know that he was in the Hall of Fame before he was notified. Ask Dave who first told him when he's on the show. Ask him who first told you. Don't even mention my name. Who first told you that you got elected into the Hall of Fame? If he doesn't say Papa G, I'm going to smack him. <laughs> <laughs> but that was that brought my love into the Packers even more so was when Dave made the Hall of Fame. I said, they've finally done the right thing here. Because the Packers had him in their Hall of Fame back in the 90s. Yeah. You know, when he got elected into the College Hall of Fame in 96 at Penn State. And so I, I've loved the Packers ever since the 60s, of course, when my dad took me to a lot of the games. But then through the course of time, in 96, I had PSLs to the Panthers. It was their second year, and they made it to the championship game, and it was up in Green Bay. And so we had just beaten Dallas, and I think – Green Bay, I don't remember who they beat, but they beat. And so we're playing Green Bay up at Lambeau Field, and all the people coming from Charlotte didn't know how to dress because this was January. Yeah. And let me tell you, the Packers, you know, the season ticket holders sit on an aluminum bench on concrete. Yeah, we it's do. A pretty sight there, especially in the wintertime. And so I knew how to dress for that, and everybody else 
didn't. And so they were freezing and I'm just, I was normal. I was warm. It was like normal for me. Yeah. That home field advantage in January is a big thing, especially, you know, in those later rounds, uh, if we can uh, maybe uh, get past the uh, second round here this year, that would uh, help out with those home field advantages. Um, so uh, you, you apparently have a few uh, locker room stories for us. Well, there's a lot of things that you can talk about. You don't know if you want to step on guys' toes because the stories might not be out. But the one that really stands out to me that I had told Bruce about, it was in the final, this was in 1981 going into 1982, and we were in a preseason game, and we were playing Dallas. And I was trying to make the team. It was the final cut day, and – I'm getting called for the play. We were down on the 20 yard line. We needed three yards. And so the call was to me. And what I was supposed to do was put a shoulder on the outside linebacker who at that time happened to be Hollywood Henderson. And he was Dallas, you know, like an LT type linebacker. And he had his own little thing that he did. And he was on cocaine real bad at that time. And so I was supposed to put a shoulder on him and then Brian Sipe was going to do a play action pass and suck in the linebackers. And I was supposed to slide in behind the linebackers and catch the pass when he did his rollout after he did the play action. Yeah. Well, I didn't put the shoulder on Henderson and I thought he would follow me a little bit. And so I'm underneath the linebackers and I'm in the you know first down range and I turn around to look for the ball and there's Henderson doing his little cowboy dance over our quarterback, Brian Sype. And what I saw in the film after that was Henderson came from the opposite side of the field, caught up to Sype when he did his play action and drilled his hem helmet right in between the 1-7 on Sype's back. And so oh. Sype's back and head snapped. And they, they were basically yelling at me, saying, what are F were you, you know? Where the fuck were you, Papa G? Why did you pick up this block? <laughs> you know, that kind of shit. Needless to say, I didn't make the team. I almost killed our franchise quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see the glory. Oh, I'm going to catch this first down. I'm going to make the team. I might even get a touchdown. And next thing you know, my quarterback's on the ground and Henderson's, you know, shooting him with his imaginary guns, doing a little dance around him. No. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that was not the right thing to do. <laughs> that won't look good on the resume. <laughs> no, yeah, that would really look good. I almost killed our franchise quarterback because I fucked up on my assignment. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> the, the next team's really going to love that. Oh, we got this quarterback. We hate him. Let's put Papa G in there. He'll, he'll get him killed. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, it's. It's it's funny that you, you you tell football stories like that, and even, even when you goof up or even when you make a mistake or whatever, on how you know it, it it was important. It was something that you know it needed to be done, but at the same time, everybody can kind of laugh at it, you know, afterwards. And you know, but see, like there whatever. is a purpose, like you said, there is a purpose for everybody's role. It's supposed yeah. to be there for a reason to make the play work properly. And if somebody just one out of 11 
I missed that shoulder on that outside linebacker, which didn't take him off his stride when the ball was snapped. I was already underneath, but he got to our quarterback. You know, they run the 40 in four seconds, you know, five seconds. They can get 20 yards in less than a second and a half. So he was over there very quickly, plus with a full head of speed. And when I saw the film afterwards, when they were talking about it in the room on Monday, I'll tell you right now, I wanted to crawl under the turf. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. Now I'm on the, you know, you have the spotlight camera four, zoom in here. This is Papa G. He's the one that almost killed our quarterback. Yeah. And all the guys were giving you the hoots and saying, guess what? You're not going to be here long. And I was like, I got it. <laughs> what, when you when you see those guys that you used to play with, do they bring that up? Only Henderson did. There was yeah. a time back in 1997, I, was, I, tell, I tell Bruce about this, but I was in a tournament for athletes against abuse. And it was abuse of, you know, um, any kind, alcohol, drugs, uh, domestic. It was really coming to the forefront where, you know, domestic abuse was really starting to be like that hot topic. Yeah. And so they asked me to come down to this Florida tournament. They said, you come down for five days, you play championship courses, and you get to meet a lot of the, you know, ex-NFL players. And there were some current ones, too. But basically what it was was the Browns, the Bengals, the Cowboys, and the Vikings. Those Hold are on. the four teams they okay. had. I'm going to pause you right there, Papa G. I just have to put this in real quick before you keep the story. I I'm just going to okay. say, fuck the Vikings. Continue, please. <laughs> The only reason I liked the Vikings was I told you I played golf with Tommy Kramer in a different tournament. And, of course, Chris Carter, you know, my Ohio State Buckeye boy. But anyway, let's get back to this. So I'm sitting there and I'm meeting. I met Efren Herrera. I met Tony Hill. I met Too Tall Jones. Um, and there was Hollywood Henderson. And he comes up and he gives me a bit. But he wasn't 230. He was like 290, and it looked like he was on steroids because he was just nothing but muscle, solid still. And so we're sitting there talking, and he goes, you know, he takes his big old paw and whacks me on the arm and says, hey, Papa G, you remember that hit I had on site? I was like, you motherfucker. Why do you have to bring that up? Of course you remember that one. And he knew that I was supposed to put a block on him. That's why he was giving me the shit. But he remembered it 20-plus years later. So needless to say, they don't forget. <laughs> we we had a we we had a, a right tackle who uh, was playing a game against this guy uh, it, it, up here in Canadian football. Uh, not too many of our players make it down to the NFL, but every now and then we have, and, and these guys are outstanding, right? Like they have to be to be recognized in Canada, right? So yeah. uh, uh, we we had a defensive end. I won't name I won't name names, but this guy was just trashing our right tackle. I mean, it didn't matter what the right tackle did. We at one point I was saying just fall down on all fours so he's got to jump over you at least, right? Like it, <laughs> <laughs> give him something you to do, right? And yeah. uh, he was just getting he was just getting cracked all game. And at halftime, the quarterback is just chewing him out in front of everybody. And we are all saying the same thing. Hey, you know, he's got to get some help over there. We got to get a tight end over there. We got to get a fullback over there. Something. He's just getting trashed. And the quarterback, I can't remember the exact wording, but basically what he said was, is if he's not man enough to take that guy on, maybe he shouldn't be on the field. And 
that right tackle, he sat there just brewing for the rest of the half. And we get into the beginning of the third and uh, we, we line up. It, oh, it was beautiful. We, we, uh, they, we kicked the ball off. They fumbled it. We got it on the 20 and it was like, here we go. We're going to score and maybe take the lead on these guys. And as soon as the ball was snapped, our right tackle took one step to the right. And he just like a, like a bullfighter, like paved the way. There's the quarterback there. And that defensive end, it was three sacks in a row and they were monsters. Like he teed off. Right. And that was it. The quarter, the quarterback after that, he, he wouldn't, he wouldn't talk trash to that uh, right tackle anymore. But to this day, 20 some odd years later, whenever see that, whenever we see that right tackle, we always call him Olay. Olay. Yeah. That fits. <laughs> but you know, th- th- there was mentalities like that. Oh, you're going to talk trash about me. I'm going to really fuck you up. Watch the next block. I don't make. And, you know, once you get hit a couple times by those defensive end coming in there at 100 miles an hour, oh. I guess you learn a lesson, and I obviously your quarterback did. Oh, he he was tough as nails. He was tough as nails, our quarterback. He used to just get pummeled every game. You know, it was it was like the uh, – uh, in the, the what's that movie with Kurt, Kurt Russell and uh, Robin Williams, you know, the best of times. He would just get killed and keep getting back up every time it was – it was pretty. Uh, it was pretty impressive. Terrible though. He was like five foot two. Couldn't see over the offensive line. So a lot of the pass. Hey, hey, hey! What do you have with short people, buddy? Come on. Well, that song from Randy Newman comes back to mind. Short people got there you go. no reason. <laughs> do we have a cue of that yep. song somewhere? <laughs> I'd love to play it. <laughs> That'll be my walk-up song, gentlemen. That'll what be my getting... walk-up song. <laughs> I, I thought your walk-up song, song was It's Raining Men. <laughs> I thought it was It's Raining Men. <laughs> let's, let's, let's cut to, the, let's cut to uh, our uh, commercial here, and uh, we'll get ready. This is TJ Williams out of Las Vegas, Nevada. This is Matt coming to you from Cincinnati. Hey friends, this is Colton Moore from Central Illinois. This is the Macho Man Randy Savage. This is Shelly from Gwen, Michigan. Bales of Hay, and I'm from Kansas City. Hey, this is Jamie Cheesebutt. I'm from LA, California. Hey everyone, this is Ella from Southern Cali. This is Nebels from Chicago, Illinois, and you are listening to Packers Without Borders, the finest podcast in all the land. Thank you for listening to Packers Without Borders. You can catch us on Anchor, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, and anywhere else you get your favorite podcasts. And don't forget to follow us on Patreon.com front slash Packers Without Borders for some exclusive content behind the scenes. Check out our merchandise on Public Packers Without Borders. Peace. Go Pack Go. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Bruce and Matt. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Matt and Bruce. Bruce and Matt. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. Packers without borders. We're listening to my dad and his friend Bruce on Packers without borders. All right, second half. More with Papa G. And uh, the incredible Dave Robinson. So, uh, 
Papa, you're 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 helping Dave. Dave's got a handful of books. I know that uh, he's going to talk about his books. Tell us about these signed books that Dave is trying to get rid of. Well, since Dave got elected into the Hall of Fame, his merchandise has become that much more called for. And a lot of the old Packers fans will remember Dave, but the ones in the last 20 to 30 years don't know the impact that Dave made or how good of a player he really was. I mean, Dave was the LT because of his athleticism before LT was even thought of. And so, So, go ahead. You, you would you would then maybe say and, and, you know, I hear this all the time and I always think, isn't it the other way around? It's like it's like, oh, well, you could, could compare Dave Robinson to Lawrence Taylor. It's like, well, wouldn't you compare Lawrence Taylor to Dave Robinson? It would be proper. Yes, because Dave did it before LT. People know LT more. So that's why he gets more recent accolades and thinking he's better than those past guys. But he is not. Trust me, Dave ran back punts. He intercepted the ball and ran fairly well. He got one in a Super Bowl. He was just a phenomenal athlete. And he was a three-level Hall of Famer. He got the Hall of Fame in high school for football and basketball. And he got into the Hall of Fame in college for Penn State. And, of course, he made it into the NFL Hall of Fame. There's like 2,000 people in the NFL right now, Hall of Fame. And I'll bet you not even two handfuls have that trifecta. But that's just how special and good Dave was. You know, when when, when we, we research a lot of our guests and uh, I try and dive deep into the stats. I know Bruce dives deep into the stats. And one stat that stuck out from, for, for me for Dave was in the six games that he played covering Mike Ditka. Okay. Okay. Mike Ditka averaged 1.5 catches per game and 14 yards per game. That's nothing. That's nothing. Well, you got to remember Mike Ditka is a hall of fame tight end. Yeah. Yeah. He shut down Ditka and he didn't do it once. He did it six times. There you go. And that just, gives a small insight into how good Dave was. Dave was covering their wide receivers, not just the tight ends, but he also was the guy picking up the running backs coming out of the backfield. And, you know, back then they weren't even 200 pounds, you know, the halfbacks, and then they had halfback, fullback, or tailback. And the, you know, fullbacks were like 200 pounds. Now you got them at 250, 260, they're running, you know, under four, four, forties. There's almost nobody that can cover those guys anymore. But Dave, back yeah. in that time, was as fast as any of them. Incredible, incredible, Bruce. Uh, I heard through the grapevine, Bruce, that you might have a game we can play. I do have a game, Papa G. You remember we yes. talked a little bit about we might get a little bit explicit on this episode. No worries. Oh, I know. I know. Um, (laughs) I've got a little game for you gentlemen, and I want to see how good you guys are. And uh, this game is called Kitchen Appliance or Sex Toy. (laughs) 
how about both? Well, <laughs> what, <laughs> we might I be able to the use. hand mixer before in sex. I'm just <laughs> oh. <laughs> here we go, Papa G. Are you ready? You got to put on your explicit hat here because uh, I'm either going to name a kitchen appliance or a sex toy. I'm going to say the name of something and you guys are going to decide whether it's a kitchen appliance or a sex toy. The winner will get an applause from me. <laughs> an applause. Oh, oh, shit. I thought you were going to make make it money or something. Well, you you did lose 300 bucks to somebody on the golf course from what I remember. Oh, see, so. you remember that. Yeah. This little Efren Herrera, the kicker for the Cowboys back in the day, back in the 90s. Yeah. So he was in our foursome. It was me. Tony Hill, or Isaac Curtis from uh, Cincinnati, and Efren Herrera. And so we're sitting there, and at the start of the nine, he says, hey, do you want to make this interesting? you want to play for like 100 bucks a nine? And I said, we're going to press and everything. You, know, you can double the bet. And he says, oh, no problem. And I was like, you know, because he was Hispanic, and, you know, he, but he, he still had that heavy accent. And so we're sitting there playing. The first nine holes, we break even. You know, I went a little bit his way, a little bit my way. And then in the second nine, he says, well, let's up this. Let's play for $300 this nine holes, and you can press. And I was like, okay. And so we start playing. He starts off with, out of the first four holes, he had three birdies. <laughs> he didn't he have a birdie. The first you. Nine. He fish hooked you, Papa G. And so he... He goes, I told him he was swimming with sharks. <laughs> but he was well, on the pro tour for NFL players. You know, they had that pro tour like Tony Romo was on it too. For sure. He was on that tour when it was first beginning. But he, he was still that good, you know. And I was just like, well, that little son of a bitch. So I took the three high. I lost 300 bucks to him. And I, so I threw it at the ground at his feet. I said, if you pick that up. You're a cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, we don't have yeah, book getting explicit. Let's get into the game. Let's, that's what I'm, that's, that's exactly my segue. <laughs> explicit. Here we go. All right, Andy and you guys with children that listen to this in the car, uh, please make sure and uh, turn down the volume or push pause until later. But here we go. The first one is the alligator. That's a sex toy. You think it's a sex toy. Greater is what you do with cheese. So I'm going with kitchen appliance. It is a kitchen appliance. It is a cheese grater oh. in the shape of an alligator. One point for Papa G. Oh. You got to think, Matt. Use that brain for something other than cooking in the sun. <laughs> That's right. probably a good idea to keep insulting the host. Go on, Papa G. No, I'll back off. <laughs> Discretion is the better part of humor. <laughs> Number two, gentlemen, is the Gracula. Now, say, is it Grap with a P? Grapula or Grac. with this Gracula Grac. with the C? G R A C. That's gotta be a sex toy. I'm going with sex toy. I don't care what you say, Matt. I'm going to go with uh, kitchen appliance because it's a lot like a spatula. 
It is actually a garlic crusher, the Gracula yeah. kitchen appliance. That too. The one to one. Syndrome is serious, Papa G. <laughs> gotcha. We're one to one now. <laughs> All right. Now it's a game. All right. How about the Baldo? You want me to tell you what I actually thought that was for? What? <laughs> Go, Papa G. What was that for? What? What? what when when what I asked you about like Dracula, Dracula or Dracula, I, I was wondering if it was going to be for something when you were trying to maybe eat a girl out when she's on the rag. Oh, <laughs> Dracula, you know, the blood. Anyway, uh, go forward. Uh, 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 you have officially become my favorite guest, Papa G. <laughs> Which reminds me, uh, audible.com. <laughs> Our official sponsor. I'm sorry you guys had to leave so quickly. <laughs> hey, okay. right. at least Number leave three. some money behind if you're going to leave. You know, don't yeah. leave empty handed. All right, here we go with number three. How about the okay. whip smart? The who? The, the whip, whip smart. smart. See, that could be both. That could be something you you know you 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 whip cream. You you, you know you whip something exactly. up. That's what I. That's the track I was on. Whipping yeah. cream. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say because it's Bruce though. I'm gonna say it's a sex toy. Now I'm coming out. I'm gonna go the opposite. Because I think I think I think you were right online because that's what my first thought was was something to do with whipping cream, so I'm going to say kitchen appliance. It is actually a body swing, which is a sex toy. Bing! <laughs> two in one. Okay, you're up two to one. How many questions are we going to do? By the way, Bert? we're going to do ten of these. Okay, good. I've still got a long way to go. You do, you do. Two two to one, Matt to Papa G. Here we go. How about the splatterpus? <laughs> I mean, that's... I don't even want to tell you what I first thought when I heard that. I'm gonna go sex toy. I, you know, that was the only thing on my brain. I don't know where that would fit in the kitchen. So, yeah, this is a sex toy. It is not, gentlemen. It is actually <laughs> a spatula that is called the splatipus. It actually has like little rings on, like little flippers on the side to make sure that when you're whipping stuff, it doesn't splatter all over the place. It is a- Well, see, I thought it was for beating a pussy into submission. Splatipus, right? Isn't that, doesn't that, that's what I thought it was. That's what it sounded like to me too, Papa G. All right. How okay. about- We're going to have so to give two, one, and oh, we both missed one. So there we go. Yeah, we'll have to give him a point for that creative answer. I think so. We're going to give him a half point. So it's one and a yeah. half to two. Here we go. Half okay. point for creative answers. Very good. All right. How about the pickle emoji baiter? Emoji baiter? That's got to be like masturbator, right? Sex toy. Yeah, I'm going to go kitchen appliance. That is a sex toy, gentlemen. It is a... <laughs> It is a vibrator in the shape of a pickle. Good job, Papa G. Two and a half points to two. To two, yes. All right. How about the corn stripper? <laughs> I That's met her. Be I met her. I met her in Iowa. Okay. 
<laughs> I thought you were going to say Nebraska. <laughs> or no, wait, it might have been Nebraska. I was really drunk, but <laughs> I did her. She, she still owes me a lap dance. That is a sex toy. Well, <laughs> I think it's for shucking corn. I'm going to go with kitchen. It is a kitchen appliance. That is correct. <laughs> You're making this up. I am not. It is actually something used to strip the kernels of corn off of corn. It is a there corn you go. Stripper. Yeah. In, Nebra- In Nebraska, right. they call that foreplay. <laughs> so what is that now? Four to four and a half to two. We've got three and a half to two. Yep. And then here we go with the next one. I'm going to go with out of all of these, the baldo. That's got to be a sex toy. Baldo. Wait, 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 wait. It could be bread maker. Yeah, right. Or maybe like one of those things that just makes small little balls of dough. Or like a melon ball. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It could be that. What, but I'm still thinking dildo, baldo. It's got to be something for your nuts. I'm going to say kitchen. <laughs> I'm going to sex toy. It is a device that creates your balls into a dildo. Oh. See? <laughs> Fuck, I'm a sex maniac and I don't even know it. Apparently so, Papa G. You are kicking his ass. I'm taking away that half point because it's four to two and my, my, my host needs to catch up here. How about the banana loca? Kitchen. And wait a second. Banana loca. A banana that's crazy, you're going to say belongs in the kitchen, or are you going to say that belongs in some girl's twat? <laughs> are you sticking with kitchen, Matt? Kitchen. Okay. I'm going, I'm going sex toys. It is actually an automatic banana peeler. It is a okay. kitchen appliance. See, I didn't want to go that way, even though that's what I thought, too. But I had to go the sex way because it just made more sense. All right. We've All right. got two more. We've got two more just, here, gentlemen. Just say, here's, here's the second half. And just like all the women say, I'm better in the second half. Here we go. Actually, we have three more, which is good. So we've got three more. Okay. So you're okay. down one, Matt. Here we go. We're okay. going to go with here we go. Pipe Dream. Oh, that's a sex toy. What you got? I've got two. I got two different trains of thought here. I'm going to see which one's going to weigh heavier. Give That's me just a second. Find, That's why I find these names. Yeah, for sure. You know, I find names that are kind of a little bit. We call them. It's called alliteration here, but the pipe dream. Pipe or now, pipe dream. Matt, Matt, listen to this thinking and see if you agree. What do you know? That's a dream in the kitchen. Unless Lame a girl's paper. getting boned in the ass at the sink. Lame that might Lame be her pipe. dream. <laughs> Lame <it's>, pipe. <laughs> that's a dream. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. It's got to be sex. I'm going to go sex. It's gotta, yeah, it's got to be. It is a G-spot vibrator, you gentlemen. There it is. There it is. There it is. Okay, that's the so, first time we've ever concurred. <laughs> so now I have to get the next two without him getting... The ne- anything just to win. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The Bella Dormy. Oh, brother. 
<laughs> Did you say Bella Dormy? Bella, the Bella Dormy. The B E L L A. D O R M I. That's that's Italian. It is. There's a reason I, I there's a reason that I, I am a co-host on this show, Papa G. I do do some research. <laughs> it's wait not just second. wait, 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 wait. Bruce, I'm gonna tell you what that means. It, Bella Dormy means you had a beautiful sleep. Correct. So the only way you can have a beautiful sleep is if you get off before you go to sleep because it'll make you tired. Okay. It's gotta be a sex toy. Okay, well, I've got to go kitchen appliance just so I can try and win. Okay. It is actually a dildo in the shape of a giant fist. Damn you it. lost. <laughs> Damn it. Well, I'm glad I didn't know about a dildo in the shape of a giant fist. I'm glad that's not locked in my repertoire somewhere. All right. Yeah, you got to fucking try to turn a victory into a loss for me. Okay, I got it now, Matt. This is the hardest one out of them all. So this is the bonus round worth two points. Oh, okay. Well, he can tie me then. He can tie you. It is the batter finger. <laughs> oh man, that is definitely a two-toned question. Batter finger could be when you're sticking your finger in the bowl and you lick yeah. it, or yeah. it could be when, when you're you sticking take the batter and the you stick it up the girl's ass. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Batter finger goes up the ass, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's got to be a sex toy. <laughs> well, I got to go kitchen appliance just so I can tie. It is a kitchen appliance. Yes. No fucking yes. way. Yes. I like my answer better. I <laughs> Google it, Papa G. Google I it. Too. I did too. It ended up in a tie. A batter finger is actually literally a spatula in the shape of a finger, like a hand with a finger, like pointing like a gun that wipes the bottom of the bowl. It is a. And I was thinking, I was thinking when you said batter finger, either it was, you know, you stick your finger in the bat in the, in the batter in the bowl, or you stick your finger in the bowel. Exactly. Why do you think I said sticking it up the ass? That's the bowel. Yes. Terrible. Terrible. Dave, I don't know. Uh, Papa G, I don't know if we want Dave to listen to this episode, but we will definitely not do this with him. We will be completely clean and unexplicit with, with Mr. Robinson on here. That's okay. Yeah, and you can call him. He he does not mind Dave. Well, You can call him Dave, or if you want to be just totally respectful, you can call him Mr. Robinson. I will do that because my dad will kick my ass if I ever used a first name with any person that was older than me. Did not matter. I would get show my some respect. Beat. Okay, good enough. Fair enough. I I can appreciate that. Papa G, it has been a pleasure having you on this show. This was absolutely amazing. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope it was everything you expected. I hope it filled your wildest dreams. I hope it gave you ideas for the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> The only the only one that's going to sit there and resonate with me that I'll ever remember is the batter finger. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't care if it's a, listen, I don't care if it's a fucking kitchen appliance. It's better if you took the batter finger and stuck it up her ass and then, well, whatever. But that's the one that fits for me. So that's the one I'm going to use for that batter finger. Sorry to say I'm changing the definition of that. It's I'm going to call you on that tomorrow. 
Trademark, copyright, done. Bang biscuit. <laughs> Hashtag, we need that sponsor because Audible left. We'll need the batter finger. Packers Without Borders now sponsored by the batter finger. Either stick it in a bowl or stick it in a bowel. <laughs> there you go. They both begin with B and they both have a W in it. Packers Without <laughs> Batter. <laughs> Baba G. Cool. I, I, I just want to jump back to that game that I told you about that I went to in Lambeau Field when oh, we do were. It. Playing please, please do before, it. Yeah, before, let's, let's, back let's, in 97 before the Packers beat. The Panthers to go to the Super Bowl. Bring it, Papa G. Give us what you got. Okay. Dave and I, he didn't come to that game, to the one in Green Bay. He had something else to do, and so I went there with a different buddy. And so we watched that game, and the Panthers had just – they were like 14-2. and two. They were doing better than the Packers at the time. Packers like 13 and three or something. And the cold were the speed of our linebackers was nullified because of the cold in that cold field. And your receivers that were used to running on that cold ground just blew by them. And of course, Dorsey Levins had a wonderful game. Oh, yeah. And I'm just saying that game right there before we went to the Super Bowl, that was in Green Bay. And then when Dave and I went to the Super Bowl, because Dave was on the Hall of Fame committee before he was in the Hall of Fame, he was on the board there. So I was able to get tickets to Super Bowls at face value of the ticket. So they were anywhere between two and six hundred dollars per ticket. And so I, I went to 23 of the first 40. Super Bowls. So the one that Dave and I went to, we went in the 97 when Green Bay was there for the first time in 30 years in Super Bowl 31. And my son was nine months old. And so Dave brought his wife, Elaine, and she passed in 2008. Rest her, you know, God rest her soul. But she came down and her and my wife and my little boy basically palled around and Dave and I palled around. And so we were going down Bourbon Street. And all the old Packers were in all these bars going down. And we didn't even get like 100 yards down Bourbon Street. And Dave was doing a shot and a beer with everybody that invited him in. And that was at every single bar. And I told Bruce, I'm not going to go too much into this, but I had to cart Dave down the street. I won't say how or why, but Dave could not walk so well. And there's no way I was carrying his 350-pound ass anywhere. <laughs> I got him to cart him around, and then we ended up getting back to the car. And, of course, I didn't drink, but Dave did. Mm-hmm. Of course. So mm-hmm. I, yeah. no, no. When my daughter was born in 1987, yep. I held her in my hands the first time she was out of mom's belly. And I made three promises to her. I said, number one, I'll never give you less than my best. And I was never at my best when I drank. So I gave up drinking that day. And I haven't touched a drop in 35 years. I didn't okay. see you know what? like to drink. That's impressive. I, 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 I can uh, respect that. Papa G, it has been an absolute pleasure. We have to have you on for more of these football stories. We'll uh, we'll uh, uh, drop your link in your uh, t- for your uh, Twitter in our uh, Twitter feed with the podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure, buddy. You take care of yourself. Matt, it was a pleasure speaking with you, Bruce. Great 
10 questions on the sex or kitchen. You're welcome, Papa G. Where can they find you on Twitter, YouTube, before we let you go? Well, you, you go for never down at all is my handle, at never down at all, because I'm always positive. And uh, YouTube, just look up Papa G, and I'll there. come up. There it is, Papa G. Thank you so much for jumping on this. We appreciate you so much. Have a I wonderful you guys rest for of having your me. weekend. Best of luck to you in the new shows. And when Dave comes on, I'll definitely have to listen. Awesome. Excellent. Bruce, you take care. Well, uh, Saturday, another episode in the books. If you've got questions for us, don't forget Mailbag Mondays. You can send us your questions at PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. All one word, PackersWithoutBorders at Outlook.com. Or DM us on our Twitter at BordersPackers. Find us on Facebook, Packers Without Borders. Or Packers without borders. <laughs> without batter. Packers without, without batter. Packers without batter. And our YouTube page. Without the finger batter. And Papa G explaining how it works. We'll see you guys all on uh, Monday. Peace. Go Pack Go. Peace out, gentlemen. Ciao. This has been Packers Without Borders. Try and be kind to one another. Try and love each other. And go Pack Go. Esto ha sido Empacadores Sin Fronteras. No se les olvide cuidarnos unos a los otros. Hasta luego.